Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingle. Uh, first thing I'd like to do is thank everyone for their feedback on episode one. Um, and obviously on behalf of myself and Stephen, that thank you. Um, yeah, it was, it was super. Uh, anyone that gave us any bit of a response, it was nice and positive. Uh, certainly inspired me to keep this up and, and, and drive it on. Uh, you anything you'd like to say, Steve? Oh, no, just the same thing as you. Just thanks to everyone for listening, the positive feedback, or even the constructive criticism, it all helps. So, you know, we're like we're still very new at this, so we'll kind of figure it out as we go along, kind of find a formula that su- suits us and works for us. And, yeah, just actually, you know, excited after it was released. I was kind of nervous about the start, and then once it was out, it was kind of more of a buzz. So, yeah, looking forward to it again. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah, I, I, the idea I think for both of us is that it's just something fun and that we'd like to do. And then the fact that people say tell us that it's good or at least light was about it is kind of nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably more so the lying part. But sure, look, I was never good at telling people uh, yeah. when people were lying or not. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, we're certainly going to try drive this on. Um, so we have three topics in store for you today. Uh, the first one being that I'm, we're actually going to tell you how the league works this time on fan tracks because um, we kind of we said we would last week and then we got excited about like the Spurs defense or something random like that. So I don't think uh, anyone we'll ever got excited about the Spurs defense. But mm, okay, uh, the sight of Oliver Skip or I don't know Romero at the moment that really does it for me. <laughs> Um, then topic two is going to be the Newcastle takeover Uh, Steve has done a nice bit of research for us there so if you don't know much about the Newcastle takeover you're going to get an update on that Uh, it's pretty important we both believe and finally yeah so hopefully we'll give a nice long in-depth look at our drafts uh, our thoughts on the Premier League at the time and why we made picks and how our teams have changed since, how obviously the matches since have impacted our thoughts and our teams. So plenty in store today. Yeah, yeah, it's a busy, busy episode. Um, few he- some some heavy topics there, but some lighter stuff as well. A bit more of a laugh as well, maybe talking about more so how our drafts went and compared to what they are now. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually looking at your draft and be prepared to get ripped into because it was there's some atrocious picks in there. But... <laughs> Ah, there's there's atrocious <laughs> picks by everyone, but sure, look, I suppose I'm the man in the room, so yeah, have a go at me if you want. I mean, we'll see how see how well you've done in comparison. Not all of us picked Stuart Dallas in the fourth round, so yeah, that was a poor one by me. But look, we'll get into that. We don't want to give too much away. Okay, uh, how are you, Stephen? Anyways, how was your weekend? Ah, oh, yeah, good. Now weekend is grand, quite enough. Um, didn't go to the whole pile. I was watching a bit of the soccer or football. Sorry. Uh, over the weekend and just making a few notes uh, maybe talk about that yeah. later on in the week closer to the fpl um dead deadline for waivers and things like that in the weekend but um some yeah, great, yeah, football. Be nice great next, football over the weekend uh, look at the week ahead um yeah I, I didn't watch any internationals myself um so yeah i'll be looking back on that and seeing what impact that'll have on my team for the weekend um i had a good weekend myself completed a marathon uh in pain now but that's over and done with thank god 
So, as promised, I'm eventually going to give you how the league works. So, yeah, we, we've told you so far that there's 18 managers, uh, that they're in three different leagues, uh, that it's draft mode, and that every week it's head-to-head. So every week you're playing against a different manager. So I'm just going to go down through some of the details in that and what that means. Uh, and maybe then, Stephen, you can you can fill in any gaps that I might leave. So... Yeah, 18 managers into three three different divisions. So the three divisions just split up the drafts and the player pools. So myself and Steve are actually in the same draft and player pool. Um, and we pick from the same bunch of players, but then the other two divisions have their own bunch of players. So there's three of every <laughs> player, and you can only pick from within your own division. <laughs> it makes it interesting when we try and discuss any sort of fantasy advice about who we might pick up, seeing as we're in the same league. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about that one. I think, like, I, I think I'm just going to have to give, give away what I'm doing each week because uh, try, trying to hide it is going to be a bit difficult. I'm thinking about a particular Chelsea fullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that that then that boils down to nine matches per week. You can play anyone from any division. So sometimes you come up, you can come up against the same players, but very few. Uh, you get a win, loss, or a draw. Three points, one point, or zero. Uh, it all gets totted up in an 18-team table. Yeah, the table has all 18 teams. Uh, then how you pick up and drop and trade players. You have a waiver wire, which some of you might be familiar with. Basically, every week uh, you put in your, your bid for a player. And if you're coming last or if you're in this mode, there's actually a waiver wire order. So let's say if I don't pick for a few weeks, I'll be first in order and I'll get the first waiver. So that happens on a Thursday evening. Um, you'll have all week to decide, and then you'll say, "Yeah, I want him." And you, you might, you'll be going up against everyone. They might have put up the same player, and if they're doing worse than you, they'll get him. Um, it's a way to keep to a level playing field because if someone's doing pretty well, they, you know, like the other players that are doing worse, will probably will get a be- have a better chance of getting that player. Yeah, and like. It's let's say you were re- let's say you're really on the ball and you're looking at fantasy football every minute of the week. You're going to pick up all the good players immediately. Whereas when there's a waiver wire, you can look at it on a Monday and not look at it again until Friday or whatever, you know. Uh, and and you can see, oh, nice, I got my player. Um, yeah, and then there's a free agency for a day, so all the players are available to pick immediately rather than on a waiver wire. And you're allowed to trade with people within your division as well. And the last thing to explain is that because the players are in slightly different positions on fan tracks, so all the wingers are classed as forwards. There's very few mids. So what we did was we said you can play four forwards rather than the usual three. Um, that's I, I actually really enjoy that. I, I love having four forwards to pick from. Yeah, it's definitely a change from from um, the FPL app, where it's basically <laughs> you're struggling for forwards. You've only got like what maybe one or two forwards on free agency that are even worth picking up yeah, because they yeah. might do and something, then, yeah. but more than likely not. Um, makes then it a bit more exciting that way. Although it does, although it does leave a bit of a gap in midfield. But I think like you're playing FPL for goals, you're not playing it for like anything else. So. Yeah, yeah. So you're only allowed four mids then rather than five. And the last difference between this and the normal league is there's no bonus points. Couldn't find a way to 
get them in without a tremendous amount of administration. So yeah, it means someone at the end of every week would have to go and assign the bonus points per for every match to the players, and that was just a lot of hassle. Um, But I think it was fine. We discussed it with everyone beforehand, and we all agreed. Look, if nobody's getting bonus points, then it's still a level playing field, and it's fine that way. And you know, I, I yeah, don't really I, mind it. Like, sometimes you find bonus points are just assigned really weird, like the algorithm or the, the that they have for assigning the, the who gets what points is, I don't know, maybe a bit skewed or flawed, or I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's it. I'm not going to bore you with any more details on that. I think uh, we're going to transition on to our next topic. Um... So if you're okay with it, Steve, I might ask you to give us a lowdown on the Newcastle takeover because it's uh, hot yeah, off the press. So, um, yeah, I just was, saw about this or read about this during the week and I was quite interested in it. So I just did a bit of research and I thought it was something we might just discuss on the pod just because the uh, the wider implications of it, apart from being a takeover of a Premier League football club, just some of the, the wider ramifications of it. So... Um, I don't know, and how much do you know about it? Uh, not, a, not a whole pile. I think uh, I fall into the category of maybe a bit of a... I'm not not so much up to date with news. I found myself more bothered by the Super League than I did by this, which is probably the wrong way to be. So, I... Yeah, it's probably, it, yes, but that's the way a lot of people feel. Like, there was no there was no protests at Premier League grounds when people found out that the Newcastle takeover was happening, whereas when we, people thought the Super League was going to be happening, Jesus, players couldn't even get into the stadium to, to, to play their matches. So it kind of shows where kind of fans are, what fans are thinking or where, where kind of fans lie in this sort of... Kind of yeah, there's, stuff, there's a lack, it into it just a lack a of empathy bit, so. there, you know, like, oh, well, the Super League is a problem for me, whereas whatever the Saudis are at, I don't know much about it. And to be honest, I don't, you know, I do care, but but that's the that's the yeah, sentiment, yeah, and you that's, know? And that's I don't it. care, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the sentiment. And, and there's a there's definitely a, there's definitely a, an understanding and an exception there, like you, you, but I'll just go to to provide a bit of background everyone for everyone because. I think context is important and often sometimes context isn't really given for certain news stories and people just read headlines and then don't want to look into it a bit deeper to kind of maybe get a better understanding of things. But, excuse me, um, Mohammed bin Salman, the uh, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, um, first started what is called the Public Investment Fund for the Saudi state back in 2017. They have an estimated... Um, wealth of 500 billion dollars with stakes in facebook boeing disney bp uber like big uh, companies of big brands and then around the 2nd of october 2018 jamal Gashogi, the uh, reporter who had been quite critical of the crown prince uh, entered uh, the saudi consulate in turkey where he was met with 15 um air quotes rogue agents who tortured and murdered him, dismembered him, and um, removed his remains from the consulate, and he was never seen again. Um, uh, quickly, uh, authorities were quick to determine uh, what had happened to him, and were quick to um, learn that uh, the crown prince and uh, his close inner circle of agents were involved in this. Um, 
the Crown Prince denied uh, the allegations at first, but once the overwhelming evidence was presented, then they had, he really kind of had no choice but to kind of admit to what had happened. But he said that the 15 rogue agents acted on their own without him uh, giving any orders, which you find hard to believe, but we'll continue on. Uh, of those 15 agents, five were sentenced to death, with the closer of the, the 10 other agents obviously being closer to um, the Crown Prince being let off uh, with seemingly a warning. So then this kind of falls into, around the same time, Qatar filing a lawsuit against Saudi Arabia for illegally stealing their BN Sports streaming service that wasn't allowed to be broadcast within the so country. Before, before you jump into um, the stream there, Stephen, what you're telling me is the Crown Prince ordered 15 agents to murder a journalist because he was obviously leaking information about Saudi Arabia. And... No, he wasn't leaking information. He was critical okay. of the uh, Crown Prince and was also reporting on some of the... Uh, well, I suppose he was reporting on some of the, the violations in human rights that were he was um, responsible for. So yeah, it probably was leaking information. And then in some after regard, ordering yeah. them to do it, he murdered five of them uh, in order to look, it seems, in order to look good, to, or to, you know, to, to remove himself uh, from the situation. I suppose in, in order... Way. Yeah, in in order to make himself look in, in control of the situation and to make him, I suppose, appease some of the uh, the wider um, international yeah. countries, or, sorry, some of the wider so not, countries, so he, he sentenced five of those members to okay. death. Um, yeah, I'll let you continue on with the streams. Uh, that's a mad one. Yeah, so, so Qatar, with being sport, filed the lawsuit seeking one $1 billion in damages. And the reason this is significant is because being sport, the Qatari company, owned the rights to the Premier League. So they own the streaming rights across Asia and Africa. And obviously the Premier League want to stand by their, um, their partners. So... Then July 2020 rolls around and a consortium built uh, made of the PIF and led by Amanda Staveley who um, launched a bid to buy Newcastle United. Um, but this is kind of where the lawsuit and the uh, the argument with Qatar comes into it that because the Premier League want to stand by their partnership with Qatar and be in sports, then that automatically puts a damper on any sort of plans that Qatar, uh, Saudi Arabia might have had to... Um, take over okay, Newcastle. So, just... so any any anybody that tries to take over a Premier League club is subject to what they call a owner and director test or ODT. So the Premier League then, by virtue of looking at this bid, say that the PIF, which is directly controlled by the Crown Prince, is subject to the ownership test, and as a result of him being the director of the PIF, that he himself is subject to this ownership test. So the PIF, realizing this, decide to walk away from the deal, and the deal is basically dead at that stage. So, just to get this straight in my head, they, they've decided, you're illegally streaming, so you're not allowed to buy a Premier League club. Um, yeah, basically. So the, basically, the Premier League have said, look, we're standing by our partners, uh, be in sport, and we're not going to allow... Uh, a country which has been stealing our broadcast rights to then come in and buy yeah. a Premier League club and have it and be a shareholder and, in and, the league. And how did they find a loophole then? Yeah, so this is where it gets interesting. So shortly before the deal is completed, then in October of 2021, 
uh, a breakthrough is reached where Saudi Arabia agreed to let BN Sport broadcast within the country again. They also promised to settle any outstanding lawsuits that they have, such as the $1 billion lawsuit against them with Qatar, and promised to crack down on any illegal streams within the country um, that BN Sport might report to them. So this then kind of more or less paves the way forward for um, Saudi Arabia, the PIF and Amanda Staveley to um, renew their bid to purchase Newcastle for £305 million. And then shortly within 48 hours of learning this in, uh, news, uh, the, uh, Mike Ashley is out as the Newcastle owner and the, the Newcastle United Club is sold to the consortium. Um What's interesting also to note is that there is a legally binding commitment from uh, that the Premier League struck with the Saudi state that the state will not meddle in any Newcastle affairs, which, again, being a cynic, you find hard to imagine given that the PIF is directly controlled by the Crown Prince as well as other members of government. So how the state cannot meddle in the affairs when they directly control the eighty the, the the part of the consortium that owns eighty percent of the club is farcical. Okay, so that's that's how the the takeover came to be, and obviously you you In highlighted terms, some of yes. the the concerns with with uh, with um, the Saudi Arabian government and the Crown Prince. Uh, why should we be concerned? Or you know, like what, what's um, and and maybe well, another the question that I think is, we should be what concerned. does the term sports washing mean? Yeah, so I think the reason that we should be concerned is that, number one, that the owner and director's test um, has no sort of uh, method for checking the record of the human rights record of any sort of owner that might be interested in taking over a Premier League club. And while you might say, well, well, geez, that seems like a bit of an extreme. Well, I mean, like Dubai uh, and the Etihad group own Manchester City and then you have Qatar and that group own in PSG so more and more you're seeing that these wealthy uh, wealthy um, uh, eastern Arab countries are um, trying to uh, diversify their economy because number one they know that oil can't is eventually going to run out at some stage so they can't do that forever so by diversifying their economy into sport and advertising through that matter they also increase potential uh, income such as tourism um, what it does is it endears them to fan groups. So just for example, the Newcastle United Supporters Trust did a poll of um, fans uh, about the takeover with 93.7% in favour of the takeover. Now, largely that will be because of the hatred towards Mike Ashley, but you also have to take into account that... Um, you know, they don't really see too much wrong with this deal. They say, you, if you were to ask a Newcastle fan, I'm sure they'd say, well, PSG and Man City are doing it, to which you would say, yes, that's right, but that doesn't make yeah, it right. I, my, my, you know um, what I'm saying? From my brief look online, uh, the, the new, any article from the news, Newcastle point of view was optimism about Ashley out, optimism about a new start, and, oh yeah, but we're concerned about that, and, and we want you to think we're concerned about that, please. Yeah, this is it. Like, it seems to be... And look, I'm not trying to put the blame on Newcastle fans. Far from it. Look, they've had 14 years of dealing with Mike Ashley, the last, and they just wanted any means to get out of it. And they have gotten out of it now, and they can hopefully look forward to a promising future for the club and and for them. But 
I don't think you can completely overlook the the human rights violations that have gone on in no. Saudi Arabia, the crimes that have been committed in the recent past. And also as well, I think, by the lack of response by the Premier League, like it's pretty weak of them. They put out a three paragraph press release explaining that the takeover had happened and that was it like we didn't hear anything from them after that the only person you ever heard from after that news broke was amanda staveley doing interviews on sky sports doing interviews for newspapers getting out in front and trying to put all the good press out there saying how they're going to reinvigorate the club they're going to rebuild the training ground build a new stadium buy players all this and that like everything a fan wants to hear but Nobody actually asking any any sort of hard questions. And then the, to further kind of drive home the fact that the Premier League has this legally binding commitment that the state won't interfere. Amanda Stavely confirmed in an interview after the takeover had happened that she consulted the Crown Prince before completing the deal. So, you know, I, yeah. I just... Where, where is Richard Masters, the head of the Premier League? Why isn't he out doing interviews about this? Yeah, I think we know why. Because I think, I think if he... Yeah, we do know why, because he can't answer the questions that are being asked of him. Like, I know uh, the partner of Jamal Khashoggi, along with Amnesty International and her lawyers, um, pleaded with the Premier League not to allow the deal go through, but it seems to have gone through anyway. And, you know, look, that's just kind of the world we live in. Yeah. But I think to to just ignore it and not talk about it would have been wouldn't have been uh the right decision yeah, to make absolutely. and i think newcastle fans i think they also have, they have a right to be excited but i think they also have a right to go into this thing with fresh eyes like where, these people are not the type of people that you want to admire yeah. or dress up as like newcastle fans were outside st james's park like these are not good yeah. people well what i saw an interesting article was uh can newcastle fans support their team but not the owners uh, can they hold protests in the stadium about the owners and but not inter you know not influence the team poorly but um hard to hard to no know, hard to is know. the answer to that they did it with mike ashley and it and it, I did never no, had a positive impact no. on the team. I guarantee. Okay, uh, thanks, Steve. I'm going to draw a line under it there because uh, I don't want us to upset the listeners no too much. Thanks for that. That was super interesting because for someone like me who wasn't very up to date, I feel like I know a lot more about it, and I might might. Yeah, it's just just one last thing I'd like to I'd like to point out is that this sports washing that's going on in football is rampant and it's getting to the point where you know you wonder where where is the end like you wonder where is it going to stop because it just seems to be keep going and going um the like the, the one takeaway i have is that any sort of like moral high ground that football as a whole thought it had or did have at one point it's it's pretty much gone at this stage like any any sort of like i don't know like you can never whether it be FIFA or UEFA or the this takeover deal of Newcastle, there's just it's been it's um, been nonstop now yeah, for the, a while. The, the moral yeah, high FIFA, ground is gone. Followed by the Super League, followed by this. Um, I I I yeah. Even Cristiano Ronaldo signing for Man United and all the court cases he was involved in, and and the the ignorance there as well. Uh, I don't know, um, but yeah. Anyway, let's let's draw a line under yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. On, I think. Uh, you might hear a bit, a little bit of a jingle now. Okay, um, now we're gonna take, we're, we're gonna wind back the clocks. Uh, we're gonna look at our game week one teams. Uh, we're gonna look at our drafts and look at our thoughts in at game week one. 
and how wrong we were, especially how wrong Stephen was. Um, but yeah, we'll start with my team. Um, I suppose I'll just jump down through it. Uh, or I'll do it in order, actually. That makes the most sense. Let me see. Here we go. Yeah, so round one, I got Sun. Uh, I had fifth pick. And then quickly after that, I got Mane. Uh, the guy picking in between took Lukaku and Mount in between. So I was happy to see him take Mount, who doesn't do a whole pile on the fantasy front. Then I got Kai Havertz, midfield. Bamford, Diaz in the city defense. Jack Harrison, who's kind of come to let me down since. Allison, Ben Chilwell, I was disappointed with. Richarlison, Pogba in the 10th round, who was flying it and maybe is not anymore. Harry Maguire, 11th pick, was fine till he got his injury. Cresswell, Simicass, Ziek, who very quickly got, like half an hour later, got injured. And Dean Henderson, who was touted to start for Man United up until De Gea started performing. So, uh, try poke holes in that one, Stephen. Um, I think your first three are solid. Like Son, Mane, Havertz, I think, will eventually come good. Um, haven't really done much this season so far. Bamford, Diaz, also good. Harrison looked good, but Leeds just haven't been the same type of team that they were last season. They've been struggling to... I've been. I think they've been struggling to reach the same levels. Like they were, they were just relentless last season. They're just running after the ball, off the ball. They he also likes to do a unique style of eleven v eleven, man on man. So, you know, you can imagine how much extra running that is for for everyone involved, especially the midfielders. Allison, good pickup. Chilwell, what looked a good pickup, except for Marcus Alonso, just seems to be nailed on for that spot and is probably probably potentially playing the best form of his life i mean he started for spain in both of their euro or not euros the nations league games recently um richarlison in the ninth decent pick up for a forward pogba yeah like i mean 10th you'd probably pick him up in the 10th but i mean you know, once Rashford comes back, he's probably going to go into that just holding midfield role. I'm not really going to get many chances going forward. Maguire, good pick. Cresswell was a good pick last season. Don't know how well West Ham have done this season. Haven't really been following their defence really well. I know Antonio's been on fire. Uh, Simicas uh, was a great pickup because Robertson was injured for the first couple of weeks. Uh, Ziyech, I didn't really think would do anything this season just because Tuchel doesn't seem to like him as a player. And then he got injured, so... And uh, yeah, like Dean Henderson, I think um, I think, but coming into the season, he he had had an injury and he had surgery on it, and that's why he wasn't in the Euros squad. So you knew De Gea coming into the start of the season was going to be the starter. So you know, if De Gea had if if I thought if De Gea had performed well, then he was gonna he was gonna start, and he has. Well, you might yeah, have, you Dean, might have Dean poten- Henderson had COVID coming yeah, in. Yeah, you might actually. have potentially looked at maybe doing a double United def- keepers, like getting De Gea and Henderson that way, either of them. But, you know, that I think I tried to do that a similar thing last season and didn't really work out too well. But, you know, not too bad. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I heard an interesting take on Leeds just when you mentioned Harrison and Bamford and their running, that they'd done so well last season because... Teams didn't get a proper preseason last season, just with COVID and the rest of it. And so Leeds came in hammering tongs and blew everyone out of the water. But because everyone's up to fitness now, 
and Leeds just can't sustain it. Like they're they're coming up against teams who can do the same thing. And and then also, how do you sustain this type of running for two years? Well, that's it. Like it's you know, it's it's not like it's not like players get rested at Leeds. No, either, no, you know? it's basically the same eleven played every week. Players very rarely get a rest. And uh, I don't I, I don't know if it's the thing where players didn't get a preseason. I think uh, player I think teams just didn't really kind of get a good enough look at Leeds when they probably should have in the championship. Like. But like people seem to have kind of figured it out now, and it's kind of like that second season syndrome. Like you know, Sheffield United came and blew the doors off first season, and looked like they were potentially in and around a champion, not a Champions League, a European spot. And then next season they're relegated because everyone kind of figured out how they like to play. Now they did lose a Jack O'Connell at the start of the season. It was a key injury for them, especially at that back three. They never really kind of figured it out after that. They tried playing Ethan Ampadu and other players there, but it wasn't the same solidity that they come to expect. Yeah. But um, look, I still think Leeds have enough quality there. Dan James has gone there now. Jack Harrison, Bamford, when he comes back from injury. Um, There's a lot of bad players at Leeds too. Ah, they have enough. They it's, have enough. It's, it's, it's as if they're carried there. by their style of play. Rafinha's there. Rafinha and Bamford are very good footballers, but there's some bang average Yeah, but that's players. a team coming up from the championship. But, uh, they're only in their second season in the Premier League. You're not yeah. going to flush out the squad in two seasons. It's going to take three or four. But they don't have the quality Wolves had coming up, I don't think. But we'll, yeah, I suppose. But I mean, yeah. Wolves have, have only... Yeah. I, I think if they, I think they'll stay up and I think they'll have enough to kick on. I think Bielsa is a smart enough tactician right. to, yeah. to, to, fig, to grind and to get it, keep them up. Anyway, we we digress. If I was to look back and change a few things, I wouldn't have bothered with Henderson. But I think it made sense at the time. I thought I thought he was going to be starting. Well, he was a late pick, and and if he did turn out to be the starting keeper, it was wonderful. But he it wasn't to be. Um, I think Simicast probably won me one or two weeks, so I'm happy to have had him. Uh, having to, to replace him has been a bit of work, but that's okay. I, I got Laporte in actually, who's starting every game. Um, Harrison, I, he's, he's just gone. Obviously, he got COVID, and then they signed Dan James, so I'm just not, not going to pick him back up. Uh, I picked up Declan Rice recently, and then Dwight McNeil, so I'm in a bit of trouble there, to say the yeah, least. That's everyone pretty much uh, looking for like a like a starting midfielder, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same across the league, yeah. really. And then uh, I dropped Richarlison to pick up Cristiano Ronaldo. Bless up. Um, he's been injured since, so that's kind of gone swimmingly. Yeah. Uh, and also game week one, I dropped Haziek after his his preseason injury. Picked up Deli Ali, who scored penalty that game, and I don't think he's done anything. I think he might have an assist since. Mm, don't know. Uh, I, I don't think he's done much at all. Even even he even even he'd admit that in, in post match press conferences that he's frustrated with how little he's he's doing. But I think that's the way that Nuno was set up. Uh, no, he, he just he just has a goal. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, I, I was like looking for midfielders. Picked up Ali. Uh, I've dropped him since I think. Let's let's check. Um, no, I'll let you go through your <laughs> draft, and then I'll go through my current team. Um, sure. Yeah, give us your yeah, draft. Steve. So I was picking fourth. Uh, I got Salah in the first, Sancho in the second, Vardy in the third, Madison in the fourth. Robertson 5th, Rashford 6th, Dallas 7th, Cancelo 8th, Reese James 9th, uh, Jimenez 10th, Rodriguez 11th, Schmeichel 12th, Matt Target 13, Matt Doherty 14, and uh, Jordan Pickford 15. So 
mixed i would say just sum it up sum it up and yeah okay i was gonna say sum it up in a word and you've given me mixed yeah. already um yeah how yeah how how who could have known what was going to happen to sancho yeah that was it i mean i was looking at the potential midfield candidates and like there, there's not many like there's like the, i'm looking across and rafinha uh mason mount Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez, uh, and we're all, Jack Grealish were all gone off the board already as midfielders. So there's like your what top four or five midfielders already off the board. So I was thinking, geez, right, look, there's lots of forwards in here. Connor Gallagher still there though. <sighs> like uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean he stayed there for a while afterwards. I mean, <laughs> some... Bukayo Saka went ahead of Kai Havertz, but. I don't know, I just didn't... Uh, I think he'll do fine, but I just wasn't interested in him. Um, James Madison has been my probably my biggest disappointment so far. For, picking, for, picked him up fourth. Um, and, uh, yeah, just been absolutely nowhere. I Like, he's not even starting for Leeds late, or, sorry, Leicester lately. Uh, don't know what the story is with him, but can't really afford to drop him because there's so few midfielders. Uh, Robertson happy with Rashford I, I'm happy with because my front four of Salah, Vardy uh, Rashford and then at the moment it'll be Ivan Tony, but I'll get into that, I'm happy with uh, Stuart Dallas I wanted to get Harrison but obviously he was gone way earlier so I was just thinking like Dallas did pretty well last season I thought Leeds would be a similar type of force so I thought he'd do okay yeah, he was he was a defender, but he was though, scoring so. goals and getting assists. That's but and a lot of time he was playing in midfield. So I wasn't thinking that I would get clean sheet points off of him. I was thinking that how he would contribute going forward. And he got me assist an assist in the first game, which I think helped me win. But after that, he didn't do much, and then he was dropped shortly thereafter. Cancelo happy with James happy with apart from the red card and the injury, um, won me a, a fantasy week pretty much by himself when he played Arsenal. Jimenez, I ended up mm-hmm. dropping right before he hit form. Which is annoying, but like I got uh, Smalliasar in the week that I dropped him and he scored, um, so I was happy with that. And then I've got Ivan Tony in now, and Brentford look pretty, pretty, pretty solid. So happy enough with him. Anytime I've seen him play, he's looked pretty impressive. So happy going forward with him. James Rodriguez again. Not many midfielders going in the league, and I figured like if he if he stayed in the league, he was going to be a key player for. Everton or at least be an important player who'd be able to contribute something going forward but obviously he's been sold to the Qatari club I think I think anyway um, Riyad I think is their name God knows he's lost over there so <laughs> I think there's a video going around of him watching his teammates in training and just kind of going like what the fuck have I just done uh, Schmeichel happy with had him last season or on. the season before and he's very good Target um, dropped him shortly Doherty dropped him shortly Pickford decent so look two starting keepers that are decent enough um the defense i wasn't too worried about i've dropped target and picked up matip and i've dropped doherty and i've got oh i got i can't remember i have to look at my team now which i might do in a second but overall i think it was a mixed bag um like getting mosala fourth i think, was I think steal. you have a, a lot i think you have a lot of punts in here uh, yeah, maybe, but like, I mean, right. I'm still like, you know, what was it? Four wins, two draws, and a loss. So, like, you know, it's it's going okay, like, <laughs> considering. 
Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it is a, you're going fantastic. So Salah well. pretty much has carried my team, right. though, I will admit that pretty much he's, a, like, getting him fourth, it was a Easy. godsend, considering Salah Harry helps. Kane was picked right before him. Yeah, I think he was auto-drafted by the, uh, the missing Ray Foley, <laughs> but, um, I mean, like, like, Jaden Sancho, James Madison, Jimenez, Dallas, Hamas Rodriguez, I don't know. It's, to me, that sounds like a getter up a shite. Like that. You didn't at the time, though. At the start uh, of the season, not, you didn't think Sancho, Sancho was going to no, be shite. You so didn't much. think Madison was going to be shite. No, I did. I did. Uh, I, I stayed away from Because I had Madison last season. And I traded him away at the end of the season. Um, and I would never touch him in his... Um, well, him, well, I mean, him and his scored a goal and his two assists. Like, you know, in the last two games, so... You know he's got back to form now. He just he just looked off the pace. Maybe we should make a Qatari fantasy league. Uh, yeah, like I mean, maybe make it one of those like make make the budget like three hundred million pounds so we can get all the best players. Yeah. Um, you know, I recently heard that there's guys playing soccer here in in Eindhoven, and they have a fantasy football league of like their own like seven aside games, or I think it's eleven aside actually. So, like, it could be you or me <laughs> that are playing, but we can be getting points. Who does the admin football. for that? Who looks Sounds after like... that? Is there an app? Like, is there a waiver no wire? Idea, can you trade? <laughs> I, I, I must get more detail on it because it sounds like Please a great do. Map. One of the lads is injured all, uh, injured all the time. So he, he was really bragging about his goals per minute. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to score goals per minute <laughs> when you only play one game. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, we move into our current team, so. Yeah, I think I'm done giving you shit about your team. Anyone, I mean, else there was like just the normal level Matt, of shit. Matt Doherty? I was just the normal... Matt Doherty? Yeah, I mean, I thought when Sa- I thought um, Nuno going to Spurs, like, I thought he'd play three at the back and play Matt Doherty in the favoured um, right wing-back position that he was fa- that he not was famous for, but that he thrived in at Wolves. Hasn't worked out that way, and I dropped him shortly thereafter, so... Like, what was he, my second last pick? Shite. Yeah, he's my second last pick. Like, give, he's a give, us, give us, give us your give us your current team. I don't think we can take any more advice from Pickford you. Pickford and that. Schmeichel are my keepers. Cancelo, Matip, Robertson, and Marcel are my defenders. Uh, Bowen, uh, Madison, Townsend, and Sancho are my midfielders. And Salah, uh, Tony, Vardy, and Rashford are my forwards. So, if anything, I've improved my team through wavering, like bringing Andros Townsend and Darren Ten, Bowen in, and good. Tenfold, it's improved. I would yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, Bowen, Townsend, Tony, Matip. flying it. Matip, flying it. Um, yeah. If Rashford comes back from injury, and if Sancho starts to play like some bit of football, well, he got to, he got two assists against okay. Andorra. I know it's only Andorra, and I know it's nothing to get excited about. But like you know, he's getting assists, so. You're doing a disservice to the Andorra. I don't think I am. Their stadium caught fire the day before the match. If you can, Any, how did that happen? Uh, Do you know, there was, was it no, an accident or was it arson? No, I don't think it was arson. There was it was the gantry that I think the, all the, the TV cameras were set up to record the match, and it just sort of caught fire live on Sky Sports. Uh, I don't know why it caught fire, uh, but that's... like it, it was the the worry was that it was blowing all the smoke into the apartment blocks, like literally right beside the stadium. So that tells you how chances are half the players are part-time firefighters anyway so <laughs> yeah exactly it helps um so i don't know but that was just funny to watch um, yeah so what's your current team looking like yeah 
No, yeah, it has to be said you've improved your team tenfold. Um, so I dropped. Uh, what I had Bob Sanchez as my no. I had Dean Henderson sorry as my um, sub goalie, and I've gotten in Ramsdale since. Super impressed with Ramsdale to be honest. Um, very vocal in that back line, or so the the news articles will tell me. Yeah, no, he's been um, just as an Arsenal fan. He's been kind of not a revelation. He's gone too far, but. He's been very commanding in his box, uh, very vocal to the defenders, and um, yeah, it just seems to be more positive influence. I think the I think the defenders just feel more confident with with Ramsdale behind them. He's bailed us out a few times. My mind instantly goes to the save he had against Spurs when it was three one. That could have very made made it three two and made it a very edgy last five or six minutes. And the save he made against uh, Brighton when Neil Mope looked like for all the world like he was in for a tap in. Saved us a point. Um, Loves a goal against Arsenal. Huh? Loves a goal well, against Arsenal. Not because and he didn't score, but like, anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on from All the right, shite banter. Fantastic. Banter. You wish. Um, so I've picked up Laporte. Uh, I've dropped Chilwell and got in Thiago Silva. Uh, my so yeah. Then then I have Diaz. Oh yeah, I had to drop Maguire for Lindelof, and now that Varane is also injured, I'm kind of sickened about the whole Man United defense situation. Hmm. Still have Aaron Cresswell; he's a regular sub for me. Uh, Kai Havertz and Pogba are the two regular starting midfielders. My sub midfielders are Connor Gallagher and Dwight McNeil. I'm hoping Gallagher goes flying it because he already has two goals, three assists, and I've seen some of the other chances that he hasn't taken, and I'm like, this guy's like a almost like a forward in this Palace team. A uh, few yellows, which I'm kind of concerned about. I think uh, he's a bit of a bit of a. Would you call it a rebel rouser? Is that the I term? I mean, yeah, that's the term. But I don't know if that's how I'd use it to describe Conor Gallagher. I think he's just flying around the pitch like at 100 miles per hour. He's like a dog when he gets let off the lead. Like, um, look, I think. Yeah, and and his hair, his hair really makes him look <laughs> fast and all over the place. I think Palace at the moment. You can see those jinking runs, and you can see the movement. Yeah, of I the think hair. Palace at the moment are kind of reliant on him to get, generate a lot of positive go forward ball. Like you'd obviously have your Zaha, your likes of Zaha, and then you kind of have Odson Edward. Zaha's been catastrophic. I wouldn't say he's been catastrophic. He hasn't. He's, he just hasn't been doing well. like fantasy okay wise. Start, he hasn't been doing he's... well, but he's just a bit of a head case. Like any time, any time you go up against him, if you just kind of rattle him a little bit, he'll just go just lose the head, and then you know you've got him, um, which seems to be the case lately. Um, but he is a bit of a yeah, head case. Yeah. Head case. But I mean, like Conor Gallagher seems to be a lot where a lot of the positivity comes from that Palace side. So you wonder how long teams will will how long it'll go before teams pick up on that and start you know kind of maybe targeting that a little bit um, but like your midfield I don't know like Dwight McNeil Paul Pogba Kai Havertz eh. I don't know I don't know Pogba mountains of men mountainy hmm? men quality men hard men <laughs> right whatever um, <laughs> yeah yeah then, but then your front, uh, your front no, four then is solid there's, there's, Ronaldo Mane Son Bramford. maybe the best front four Maybe the best front four in the league. A total of um, 11 goals and 5 assists from these boys uh, in 7 games. Which, I don't know, is that good or bad? 15, yeah, like more than 2 returns per game. Um, Bamford, Ronaldo, Mane, Son. Yeah, dropped Richie for Ron. 
and that's gone fantastically well. Um, I so what was it? Eleven goals between your t- between your front four. Eleven. I have 11 twelve goals between two. And five assists. Salah and Vardy have six goals each, so I have twelve. And then Ivan Tony for two is go. um, fourteen. So. Salah's not great though. Your front four is shite. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but that's how it's going. Um, yeah, I think we went through like what we'd change if we could go back. The pickups we've bought made since, like aside from me having Dwight McNeil and Lindelof now looks a bit iffy. Thiago Silva can't make the next game. I, you know, I'm just a Conor Gallagher fanboy, so he's staying. Cresswell is... He's this season's Billy Gilmore. That's what he is. He's this season's Ross Barkley. Uh, Ross Barkley wasn't even last season's Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley is just, I don't know, this season. Ross Barkley needs to leave. That's what he needs to do. He needs to leave somewhere where he can get consistent game time. He's this season's Xhaka. He does. He does. He has to be sold for a few bob. Um... I think I think we've we've yeah. Have you any any last comment on your team before we 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 finish up on the drafts? No, I'm pretty like I like I said. I think I've wavered in pretty well, uh, especially considering my concern in midfield. I think I have a nice kind of floating fifth defender that I can that I can use for bringing in whenever I think there's a nice matchup coming up during the week. And yeah, no, it's kind of set up well enough. Okay, um, that concludes Owen and Stephen's drafts. And I think that's it. So if you'd like to interact with us, you can do that at the Discord, which is referenced in the, the podcast description. And if you want to look at the league itself, which is nice to look at rather than just hear us talking brown, uh, you can do that. You can press on the link, which is in the, the podcast description as well. Any last words from Stephen Meiselbach? No. Uh, good episode. I thought we got through a fair bit there, talking about the, some of the heavier topics like the Newcastle takeover and then touching on the league format, just so everyone is fully keyed in now after your tea, after you telling them that we would go through the league and then proceeding to not do that and also telling them that Steve would be on the podcast and then not having him on so good that we're going to get him on the next episode looking forward to that it's it's a no Steve's podcast we're allowed one <laughs> that's going to be the podcast name no Steve's that's going to be good. <laughs> no Steve's allowed exactly yeah okay I'm delighted I found the name for the podcast um yeah <laughs> That's great. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, looking forward to the next. Oh, geez, I've had great fun with this one. So looking forward to the next episode. Yep. Same. Okay. Slow on. Bye, Bye now. Bye, everyone.